Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Well, last week, I don't know about you guys, but I had a bit of a hangover from the uh, 31 Thoughts holiday extravaganza, and I think I slipped through slept through our recording session, so have to dig back in the archive and find the last question we left off with, which was, can you recast the original Mighty Ducks movie with current NHL players making up the roster? Basically, take... A, a, a bunch of guys and fill them into some goofy roles. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it seemed easy, but being the very vanilla league that this is, I mean, three or four names came right, right to the top of my mind. And then I, I actually had to do a little research, but uh, let's hear what you all came up with first. All right. Since my list is going to be a little short because um, I haven't watched those movies in a long, 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 long time. And I wasn't in a movie watching sort of frame of mind to go back and do that. So um, I only really got half the roster. Well, I mean, half half the roster, only half of it's memorable anyway. So. Right, right. So, um, so I had for Goldberg, I had Mike Smith because you know Goldberg needed to be tied up to his his uh, net, and and let's be honest, Mike Smith needs to be tied up to his net too <laughs> for a totally different reason. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> totally different reason, but you know. Uh, all right. So, um, Adam Banks, I had Connor McDavid. Uh, Charlie Conway, I had Blake Wheeler. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Um, Aberman, I had Nikita Kucherov. And if you've watched Kucherov play for any length of time, you know that guy's got a mouth on him. Okay, okay. All right. Jermaine, I went with Jack Eichel. God damn it. (laughs) That's not bad. And Connie Moreau, I went with Sarah Nurse. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. That's all I got. My only uh, damn near identical. <clears throat> um, my Goldberg was actually UC Soros because he's kind of the guy that doesn't seem like he belongs in net, but just manages to find a way to, 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 you know, scramble around and make saves, even though he doesn't know what he's doing. That's kind of the vibe I get from, from him. Um, God damn it. I, I had uh, Victor Hadman as Fulton Reed. Mm. Damn it! That quiet, stoic. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good pull. Well, you, you said current players, so I had to. I, I did. Because if you want to go, you know, <sighs> like the last thirty years, Fulton Reed is Sean, is uh, Chris Pronger, bar none. I I think he's closer to Hedman than than Chris Pronger, just because yeah, the way they, the way yeah. their career started. Because on my list, I literally have young Victor Hedman just because, you know, he's there. He's this player with a ton of untapped potential and it just takes a little while to get him going. But uh, I'm shocked there was any overlap in any of our lists. I'm actually not. Um, (laughs) Banks, Banks is a, come on. The guy who doesn't want to play for the team gets stuck on the team and becomes a star player. That is Connor McDavid to a T. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just, there couldn't be anyone else but Connor. Yeah, who else could you pick for that? Uh, yeah. I, I, all right, I'll just go to it. Uh, John Tavares. Adam Banks is a little overrated. Mm-hmm. And he, well, 
foreshadowing a little bit, he goes and leaves the team. Because eventually in the third movie, and I only know this because I watched all of them with my kids this summer, uh, he gets to go play varsity. So he, he graduates. He didn't leave the team by, by choice, though. I, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like he was a free agent or anything. But go John I, Tavares is more vanilla than Connor McDavid, and Adam Banks is the most vanilla character in this I, in the series of movies. I oh, I didn't realize we were doing the entire series. I thought we just scoped it to no. the Yeah, the original. You yeah, said no. the original. Yeah, yeah. You are correct, but I still think, I didn't think Adam Banks was that good, and I don't think John Tavares is, you know... But he's supposed to be a ringer. That's the thing, is that they bring in Banks to, like, as as the ringer from out of district to beef up the offense. Well, they they basically legalized their way into getting him because, you know, they showed the gerrymandering that was going on. I'm using all the great terms right now, aren't I? They, show, <laughs> they showed the gerrymandering that was going on, you know, which I like to call the lottery. And... <laughs> and the year that Buffalo should have won the lottery, the Oilers redistrict themselves to where the top spot went, you know, was part of D5, and they got, you know, the generational player, which at the time in the first movie, he was he was the star player on the Hawks, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah see? <clears throat> see? So, so there right. you go. And, and uh, I added Jesse... And um, the Hall brothers, Jesse and Terry Hall. Mm. I went with Anthony Duclair and um, um, oh God, now is now is uh, Quentin Byfield. Because <laughs> they're just solid guys that are kind of always there. You know, you don't you don't hear you know I, the two of them. I know I know Quentin can run his mouth a little bit. It's actually kind of funny. Um, but, uh, or Akil, you know what? I, actually, you know what? I'm going to change my mind. It's Akil Thomas and, and Quentin Byfield. I think I'll go with those two. Okay. Are, are, I assume they're both on the LA Kings. Uh, yeah. They were in training camp. I, I'm not looking at all these training camp rosters. Well, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're on the training camp roster. I haven't looked yet, but just in listening to the Soul on Ice podcast, mm-hmm. the two of them love to chirp each other and both mm-hmm. of them, both of them wear 55. Right, so Quentin Byfield being the number two overall pick, going in, and Akil Thomas is was picked last year, fairly high, not fairly high. I mean, he was he was second last round. year, second round. Um, <clears throat> he wears fifty five, so he's got a little, he's got a year on Quentin, but I want to see the two of them fight it over fifty five. Fair, fair. <laughs> so I went with Anthony Duclair for Terry, the, the okay. younger brother. Yeah. Who, bit of untapped potential because he's good but he's overshadowed by his brother a little and that's kind of describes a lot about Duclair's career and I actually went with Evander Kane for Hall who's a physical you know he he takes no crap on the ice cake eater yeah he you're right you know he runs his mouth a little bit yeah yeah although it would have been funny if you were really doing this to cast Kane and Reeves as the two of them, just to watch them try and... Oh, you know, it crossed <laughs> my mind. Coexist on the set together would have been hysterical. <laughs> so what uh, was the rest of your list, Pat? So, Guy Germain, I went with Tavo Teravainen. He's quiet. He doesn't talk a lot during the movie. He's a pretty good offensive player. Yeah, okay. Then some of the names you will completely forget. Let's start with Tommy Duncan. Now I have no, his name I, on I, my list, but I couldn't remember who it was. <laughs> Tommy and Tammy Duncan, the figure skaters. I know. Yeah. Okay. So, so Tommy, shorter defenseman. I, I just went with Tory Krug. He's kind of a forgotten, forgotten name when he was in Boston. And okay. Um, Lester Averman. I went with Corey Perry. Oh, yeah. I forgot to put my Averman in. Yes, that's who I had. Just because you just know that guy's mouth does not stop on the ice. So just like you were saying with Kucherov, Cassie. But here's a player. He's good, but he's not that good anymore. 
just something like it, it needed to be a real like I had to nail that with someone who's mouthy and, and just kind of annoys his own teammates too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tammy Duncan, I went with Casey Bellamy from the U.S. national team, and uh, I think she still plays in the NWHL. I don't remember. <sighs> My brain has hockey atrophy. I don't remember all the random crap that I used to. So you didn't uh, go with Darnell and Sarah Nurse? No, I, I stuck with American players. Uh. Um. I just, I know the American team better than I know. I mean, yes, I know Sarah Nurse and a couple, like, there is no Marie Philippe Pouin between the two female players on this roster. But there were some good ones. So I just stuck with American players. Um, Talked about Jesse Hall already. Uh, Dave Karp, number 11, kind of, you know, character who was in other kid films. Um, Jack Johnson. He's he's a defenseman supposedly. Mm. <laughs> stick a pin, stick a pin in Jack Johnson. I want to come back to him. Yeah, um, Connie Moreau. I went with Hillary Knight. I almost did too, and then I was like thinking about it, going, "She's not. She's a chippy player, but she doesn't really rack up penalty minutes." That's so why I went with Sarah Nurse instead yeah. because. Kind of, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, Cassie. That's, so, that's the so, same reason I went with Sarah. So, so I I stuck to the forward defense, and I was yeah Sarah Nurse. I, I'll have to go back and think about that. This is what I'm going to do an hour after the show is overthink some of these castings. <laughs> um, of course. So for Goldberg, I went with Anton Hudobin. Just, oh yeah, just to com- oh god damn it yeah. And he just kind of fits the role, kind of mouthy, kind of goofy. The comedic effect. Take- yeah, you don't yeah. take him too seriously. Um, I went with Nick Felino for Char- Charlie Conaway, who's like he he he's a leadery type person, but he's he's not that good of a player. He he's fine. That's kind of why I, I did. I say Mike Conway. I don't think I did. I don't. I don't think I did because here's here's where I'm going to get all the hate in the world. That's John Tavares. Okay. He's not really all that good. He gets named the captain because he's the team guy, you know. And I'm not going to. He's not spectacular good, right? He's just solid. He's not flashy good, right? He's just solid. Yeah. So. You, well, my my uh, other pick for Conaway, which would have, uh, whew, I would have gotten some DMs. I'm sure. I was going to say Patrice Bergeron because he's a bit overrated. Can almost see that. Almost. Almost. I- this is my tongue being bitten in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, so, I don't think he's overrated, but I mean, I think that he's there, he's made a, a fuss over when more so than he should be. How about that? That's probably a better way of putting it, but it it wasn't a good fit ultimately, and that was just me being you know snarky. And speaking of snarky, the player you probably forget on this roster the most. There's a young man by the name of Peter Mark, number 24 in your programs, number 1,872 in your um, short-term memory. Um, he, he, he's a little mouthy pain in the butt um, who kind of leads the player walkout at one point during the movie. So this is totally Tony D'Angelo. Oh, dear God, yeah. Oh, oh, I remember who you're talking about now. He's a little dark-haired kid. Mm-hmm. Where's the Letterman jacket? When, yes. Why? Even he's, if you have a brother that you know wore one or earned one of those, what are you doing, kid? He's he's kind of like a the oh, what's the 
Scott Farkas's sidekick, Scott or whatever his name is, that sure, you know, like you just expect expect him to have a little newsboy cap on. He's just got that sort of look, that that fire plug look. Oh yeah, I remember him now. And God damn it, how did we all avoid? Oh, sorry, you haven't finished yet. Never mind. Continue. Uh, no, I think I think I've ran through everyone. Uh, who, was your, who was your Averman again? It was Corey Perry. Oh, that's right. That's right. Corey Perry. Yeah, you know, I'm sitting here kicking myself because Brad Marchand. So he was originally on my list in a number of places, but he's like I considered him for the Averman or for the Peter Mark. But then I realized he played this character apparently played, was a defenseman. Oh, okay. And then I, I, you know, I was reading character bios and was like, oh, yeah, he leads the players to, you know, walk out on the team. And there was just a Tony D'Angelo joke waiting to be made, given some of his uh, political posturing. But, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't end, ultimately end up with Marchand on the roster. I'm okay. You know, that's okay. Um, <clears throat> now, my my uh, <laughs> my deep dive question is: Who are the Mike Madonna and Basil McRae cameos? Players most likely to end up on a broadcast. Players most likely to end up on a broadcast. These are the guys that are like always around and end up getting interviewed or they sit in during a period. I have two picked. Okay. Joe Thornton is the current Mike Madonna character. Wait, wait, Mike Madonna's playing left wing on Matthew's line. Dear God, don't even start with that right now. (laughs) And, uh, Basil McRae is, um, is Ryan Reeves. Because he's the really sort of, hey, this dude's really good. You know, he's a buddy of mine, and he's just there. Basil McRae was just a massive muscle, right? His job was, was sort of the, he the was, enforcer. He was a guy. And yeah. Ryan Reeves, he really should just be a guy in the league, but he's he's charismatic. He's charismatic, and you know what? He can kind of play hockey a little bit too. I know I'm going against the grain. He's not terrible. No, 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 no. Jason McCray, Mark Andre Fleury. Could be. I think if we were doing a second... Brett Burns and Mike Nagano? See, I kind of went I kind of went with um, older players in the league, and you don't get much older than Joe Thornton, because um, you know that's that's kind of the way they were in the story, right? There's these little kids that come in, and then there's big boy NHLers. So, I think if you're going to the second movie, because we because we got an entire expanded cast we could deal with there in the second movie. <laughs> then yes, Marc Andre Fleury is in there for sure. All right. So I, I want to return to, to Jack Johnson. As I said previously, I was a little askew um, with my time today because I got I went down the EA NHL Twenty One Hockey Ultimate Team Hut rabbit hole, and I was playing some of the Hut challenges today, and. <laughs> one of the first cards I got out of the little card collector's pack was an 89 overall Jack Johnson. <laughs> okay. Now, average player ratings, and I'm saying, you know, like Brad Marchand, a regular Brad Marchand rating in this game is 85. Mm-hmm. So Jack Johnson being at an 89 is... Um, is interesting and and boy let me tell you i don't know what jack johnson they were ever watch playing but his speed is up there with connor mcdavid <laughs> so if you so this pat is the jeremy roenick 
Oh, no, I was going to say, this is the Cliff running. Or the this Cliff is, Well, he, he has a friend at EA Sports. The cheat code? Yeah. It, it, something. I don't know whether they were throwing him a bone or something because, oh, my God, you put this guy back on your defense, and I've got him paired with, with Kale McCarr, right? Because that would happen <laughs> in real life. And the two of them oh. rush up the ice, and I'm looking at Jack Johnson leading Kale McCarr, and I'm going, no. And before anyone out there starts screaming, I need to upgrade my Kale McCarr. I've got the 92 overall team of the year Kale McCarr last night. So, no. <laughs> And Jack Johnson's beating him up the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jack's got a friend at, at EA somewhere. There was a comma that was in the wrong place, or <laughs> there is definitely or a decimal point in this thing. I was gonna say it's probably a decimal point, or or their algorithm is you know for assigning. And these are like they do these normal player cards, and they do these special edition ones that are hard to get, like for certain. They do like theme type things where they say, oh, you know, it's time to celebrate our team of the year because we're at the beginning of the new year, you know. And those are cards that are really hard to get, but they're like master players, you know, like Andre Vasilevsky is a 93 overall rating. His normal cards like an 87 or something. So they beef up their stats, right? They're sort of cheat codes within themselves. Um, I couldn't even imagine... <laughs> how you get an 89 from Jack Johnson at any point in his career, right? At any point in his career. I can understand, you know, some some guys that have fallen off, like Joe Thornton, right? If you said, okay, it's throughout his career, right now Joe Thornton's probably a mid-70s rating type player, right? He's got really ridiculous passing hands, you know, passing hands, very skating, and everything else has kind of fallen by the wayside. Yeah, he's but got the one, the one attribute that's highly rated, and everything else is kind of right. Eh. His his offensive awareness and passing are just off the charts. But you could go back like fifteen years and go, yeah, that's probably a ninety. You know, because he had some speed. You know, he had a little bit more aggressiveness and all that kind of stuff. I don't know at any point in his career Jack Johnson was that good. I think somebody accidentally transposed a couple sixes into nines. (laughs) Nice. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I had to. I know you did. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Uh, Pat, I I know you really, really, really wanted to dig into that Derek Stepan trade. (laughs) I never gave you that idea. <laughs> well, the way he kept going on about it in our group chat. Uh, thinking God, he didn't have to talk about it last week. Well, I know it took, up, it took up two whole messages in the chat. I, well, <laughs> it was it, it was the talk of the week, you know, that we were off. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it, it's just right up there. And uh, <laughs> and nothing has happened since. I forgot about it. It's wow. it's crazy. Hmm. Hmm. You really you really aren't going to talk about it, huh? I mean, he he's the first line center, is he not? I mean, why else would you acquire a player of his stature, stature, yeah. magnitude, um, jib, the cut of his jib, jib, mm, jib. Oh, he seems like a guy who's had his jib cut in half. Or would it be gib? If we're if we're following the GIF GIF thing, let's yeah. not go there. Jib. Yeah, okay. But I was what I was thinking is how would you pronounce it in French? Jib. Yeah. Has a little bit of both, so Jib. that's true. That is true. That does have a little bit of both, doesn't it? Hmm. So is Joel Quinville, Florida man? <laughs> or should the 200 hockey men be relabeled as Florida men? I don't know. Yes. Well, Although, to be fair, Florida, the only reason we hear about the crazy stories is because their state law allows it. Most state laws don't. So there's, there's all kinds of Florida men all over the country. <laughs> 
I'm laughing, and this is really bad, and this is a story I may tell off-air or on-air at some point. But I spent last Monday, it was Monday, most of the night at the Harborview Medical Center emergency room, and I got to see some Washington versions of Florida men. So, yes, every state has their Florida men. It has a Florida man, and every state has a South, so there's always rednecks. I mean... I won't tell you stories from where I grew up, okay? <laughs> Went to high school in a logging town for Pete's sake. <laughs> so, yeah, how crazy is, is Quinny, though, right? Yeah, I mean, Good putting gravy. potentially the third best forward on the top line, it's crazy talk. That's so Florida, man. Next thing you know, he's going to sign an alligator to the team. Don't don't suggest it. Don't, don't I mean, do it. No, Patrick Hornquist isn't an alligator. No. <laughs> <laughs> what is Radko Gudis? Who's to say? I forgot that Radko was on that team. Yeah, I mean, it it would make for a great game show if we, you know, were one of the many hockey pods that did that sort of thing. But well, yeah, damn it. Okay, I was. We're not that oh. creative. <laughs> or no, we were too creative. No, I for it because I, you know, we are. But I feel so dirty doing a game show because it kind of like infringes on other a couple other pods. Yeah, fans, right. you know, right? Yeah, like I threw out the Mighty Ducks question when other pods had tried to. Um, pick out or, or surmise plot summaries for the new Disney Plus series, we didn't go in that direction. We did something that happened in the past because that's just our that's just our lane. That's where we live. Yeah, it's what we're good at <laughs> and the coaches are putting us in a position to succeed. This is correct. This is Florida man. This is correct. Why, yeah. why talk about the future when I can talk about the past because I know it so well. It's crazy, but uh, I, I really wish I could find it, but there was a coach or a scout from one of the many coaching or like elite prospects somewhere, but they threw out the idea in this truncated, weird, crazy season of instead of having, you know, your, your top six, bottom six, which thought that wasn't a thing anymore because I thought everyone was about top nine, bottom three, uh, load up a top line in a short truncated season and then just make sure everything else is just sound defensively and see what happens. And that was the first thing that popped into my mind when quotes from Quinville said, yeah, he's going to put Duclair with Barkoff and Huberto. It just made sense to me. Sound defensively, though, that's where you're going wrong and assuming that one, teams have players that they can be sound defensively with. And two, the coaches actually know what sound defense looks like across their entire team. I hate to agree with her when she's got a point. <laughs> I, I can't argue with You know, I, she's a woman, right? So, <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry, I actually like talked without being spoken to i'm sorry <laughs> well that and and you demonstrated knowledge of this oh god next thing you know they'll want to vote <laughs> oh i was gonna say greg popovich is gonna hire you because you're or coach oh, actually no direct i'm sorry apparently direct, when we can't yes. coach we have to direct <sighs> this freaking world isn't it fun <laughs> Ex- except it's totally not yeah it's it's really the opposite of fun, but it's so Schadenfreude type thing, right? I live here. <laughs> it's great for comedy writers. Can, it really is. Uh, Except I have yet to find any good comedy writers worth their ilk lately. Yeah. <laughs> um. Hey, by the way, who's our Gordon Bombay? It's going to have to be Cooper because Cooper's a former. Uh, lawyer turned coach. Uh, yeah, I was also thinking Mark Crawford. 
Mm. who was uh, just a prick who sort of rehabilitated himself as far as we know. Public that, image has been redeemed. Yeah. That was kind of mine. And then my, my, my backup was sort of um, Tortorella. Because <laughs> you can see him walking in and throwing down you know, like to the owner's office going quack, 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 quack as he walks out. <laughs> and can we all admit Jeremy Jacobs is Ducksworth, right? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He seems he seems philanthropic and, you know, all of those lovely things. But when you when you when you sort of cut off that very thin veneer of sugar coating. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about that, it may have solidified the pick of McDavid for Adam Banks because, you know, his dad came in and helped him. And McDavid's dad was very much a part of building up his young career, uh, even yeah. though it's the player who was driven. So I, I think I have to concede and, and say my pick was wrong for Adam Banks. Okay. So you're saying Cassie was right? Yes. Wow. No, no, no. She was correct. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. She was I wasn't not, wrong. She was not <laughs> she was not incorrect then is what you're saying. I was not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate this planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like I've lived this life. <laughs> I said, no. Color me shocked. You actually <laughs> At least you find humor in the idiocy of it. You have to laugh or else you're just going to go postal, okay? <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, speaking of which, when was the last time? Never mind. That's really just a dark subject. <laughs> we don't call it, you know, the postal anymore. Mm. Um, so what else happened this week or last two weeks? I mean, we can go back and revisit that uh, Derek Sepon trade. Well, it really sounded like you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, but... Yeah, let's talk about... Um, let's talk about the uh, Great White North Division. Did Canada sign off on the whole thing? Did the provinces? I think they did, right? They, they did. They signed off on some version of plans. So it's happening. Everyone can be in their home arenas, not only for just practice but for games as well. And just want to know. We'll see what happens next week. Which just makes that Corey Perry signing brilliant. (laughs) If, if he doesn't get suspended, (laughs) imagine him just running around like a freak show. Against all those Canadian teams seven or eight times. All I can say is good for uh, Brandon Gallagher getting a little bit of a rest. Well, yeah. Uh, It'll save save them for playoffs because I I can see Montreal being teamed, honestly, one through four. Yeah. Which isn't speaking much about them, but just the state of the division and injuries. So yeah, I was gonna injuries is what I was gonna say. It'll probably save Gallagher some stitches. Because mm-hmm. you know he's that kind of guy that you know they used to say about uh, God, I can't remember his name now. That a puck never went in the net without a little bit of his blood off of it on it. Gilmore, Doug Gilmore, <laughs> um, Matt Barzell in the bubble. Yeah, Barzell in the bubble. Andrew Chuck. Uh, Andrew Chuck or Shanahan or. Holmstrom, you know, any of those guys that just parked their wide bodies in front and just took the pounding. Which nobody does anymore. No, they really don't. Oh, I don't know. Someone in the Easter Vision might have to if they're playing the Washington Capitals. The you're, oldest team in the league? Yeah. <laughs> you're... Boy, how do I put this? You're making the assumption he's going to get a lot of ice time. Oh, that's why I said the word might, because I'm not sure when Zidane Chara will be an everyday roster player. Which made some of the quotes and kind of hearsay to come out about 
he wasn't guaranteed a role in Boston. And so he, he moved on because he believes he has something left in the tank. He has more to play for, but he's going to a place where there's no guarantees in what he will or won't get ice time wise or even. Which makes you wonder if he just took the first team's offer that he got. Because you know, know, I mean, if he had yeah. a number of if he had a number of teams that were like, oh yeah, come play for us, then you would think he would have figured out a better place for himself, or his yeah. agent would have. Yeah, but where's his stuff? Right, it's like staying a, in Boston, like a two-hour train ride north, right? <laughs> Three, but yeah. yeah. Well, which makes the question: He gets to go visit it like eight times. Yeah. <laughs> Although they have to go to Tahoe, apparently that trip to Tahoe for Boston, just that one trip to Tahoe is longer than all of their all of their travel for the rest of the year. We'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> I have some thoughts, but do you think Jeff Gordon's kicking himself for signing Jack Johnson now that you know Chara became available all of a sudden? Because talk about a short train ride from your stuff. Yeah, but. Because I see more of a need for a player in his position with the Rangers than I do with the Capitals. I true, but it's I don't know if he's kicking himself so much because I can't imagine that teams were um God how the hell do I want to I can't imagine that teams weren't taking the temp on him throughout the entire process because, you know, we're a week away effectively. He was, he signed a week away from the opening at camp. So, and he's been a free agent since the technical end of the season. So, you know, I can't imagine if you're thinking you need that, you wouldn't be in contact with him, you know, through his agent. Yeah. I mean, there's some logistics reasons like, if you were to go on cap friendly and look at the Rangers page, you can say, Oh yeah, they have the room to do it, but they're in potential uh, performance bonus hell already given, you know, Lafreniere will probably hit some, some, you know, some marks. Adam Fox will, well, I don't, I don't even know what his bonus structure looks like on his deal, but with their buyouts and they probably just couldn't afford to do it. But, you know, Zidane Chara playing with Jacob Truva sounds a lot better than Tony D'Angelo. And I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) You have no sense of adventure. I knew, I knew when Iserman drafted D'Angelo that that was a really bad choice. <laughs> that that was a uh, he's rated high. Let's take a risk. Yeah, but no, then, it was it was also the the Iserman scares people, so maybe he could scare D'Angelo into being a, a decent human being, and that did not work at all. So, <laughs> well, decent teammate. Yes. Because he had a history of being verbally abusive to his teammates, to coaches, to officials, to pretty much anybody who, like, like got in his way. And yet people are sitting here shocked that, you know, he's with the Rangers and he's doing what he's doing. And it's like, uh, do you not know his history? (laughs) I mean, this was brought up before the draft, before when Eisenman was still in in, uh, Tampa and... And there was discussion from pundits, you know, it's like, well, well, should he or shouldn't he? He has the ability, but he also has the mouth. So, you know, I just yeah, thought I, that he was a reform project and that didn't turn out. I don't think his ability can cash the checks his mouth writes. No. So he, he no. had one heck of a draft season and. Yep. He got to play a lot in 68 games and put up a ridiculous number of points because someone has to play 
And there's some good forwards on that team. You can pick up easy assists. Well, if you're given ice time with the right people, sure. Well, when it comes to Tony D'Angelo, he's just the wrong person. So anyone is the right player to, oh, to, to you know, put with him. Except for his defensive partner, who is going to be a mess. Just like whatever's going to happen with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Mm. Someone's shooting himself in the foot. Why? I don't think he is. I think he's he's doing as long as he was able to smile in his team headshot. Unlike a certain Matt Duchesne, I think he'll be fine. Mm, Yeah, probably. Speaking of people shooting themselves in the foot, let's talk about Matt Duchesne. Um, Oh, I thought you wanted to talk about David Poyle, but go on. No, no. I wanted to talk about Slater. Cuckoo! (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no. The the uh, uh, no. I think he. I think PLD did exactly what he needed to do there. Yeah, he he signed a contract. He's there on day one. Something happened during negotiations. I, I presume. I, I I'm gonna say something. Maybe he had an offer sheet in waiting. Yeah. God damn it. You know, there's one thing I wish they would do is published when offer sheets have been tendered. Yes, because I'm sure more than enough have been offered to agents that have actually been relayed to clients, but everyone forgets the client, the player has to sign it. Yeah, until it's signed, it doesn't get publicized. I really wish, like, I know, and and see, this is what it's going to start doing, though. The law of unintended consequences, right? They'll stop tendering them officially, and they'll try and go handshake deals, right? Yeah. But God, I wish they'd I wish they'd publish when they've been tendered, because the league should know about it, right? Mm-hmm. Because the league has to clear that the team has the cap, their draft picks, um, based on the amount of the offer sheet. Yeah, I mean they have they have to approve of any transfer of players and or goods, for lack of a better term. <laughs> they're they're soft goods. <laughs> yeah, money to be determined. Um, yeah, et cetera, and so on. Now, picks. in in the world of the Columbus Blue Jackets, old MDZ is headed there. Michael Delzato, is that not a Tortorella player at this point in his career? Oh, God, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to be a weird team. Justin, they're going to have to do something different. And given the division they're in, they can afford to be... They can take some risks. Yeah. Torts is good at that. He's good at being different and he's good at taking risks. Yes. So, I mean, I could see them flaming out and I could see them, you know, battling for the top spot in that division because uh, Kucherov's absence will help the lightning cap. Oh, I'm sorry. You were to go with the on ice thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I mean,. Look, I don't know if Eiserman left one of his old Detroit Red Wings playbooks from when he was a player that says you have to spend $100 million on your roster to win because uh, their projected cap hit is close to $100 million. Uh, thank you, insurance. But, yeah, they're... I'll be interested to see what Braden Point looks like with a different, you know, player on his wing. Whether that's Stamkos with the hope that maybe that keeps him off the IR a little bit if he's playing the wall. I'm not so sure. Or just see what one of the young kids can do alongside him. And uh, a lot. So. Not to mention the cup hangover that they're going to be having. 
sure. Probably. <laughs> I. Yeah. Oh God. You know what? Who's who's bound to be the the hungy overest of the hungy over teams? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's really going to matter in the end, actually, because um, it's going to be the whole who has the least injuries will win the cup thing. I think. Probably, or or who picked the right players to right stick taxi. around on the taxi squad that yep. jump in and out of the lineup as needed. Yeah. Or how well they use their taxi squad, because I can see a lot of like coaches, <coughs> Cooper, uh, not using their taxi squad whatsoever. Yeah. Well, and I can see a lot of coaches, <coughs> Sheldon Keefe, overusing it because if they're playing... <laughs> They, honest to God, think they're playing Joe Thornton top line for 56 games, back-to-backs. What, what did they say, four, four oh, games I, a week, roughly? Yeah, yeah, who knows. I mean, unless he's going he's gonna to pull the uh, adult league move where you just put your elbow on the bench boards, you're talking to the guys on the other team, and then, you know, you just throw a pass up and... You just stay in oh, the neutral stay. zone. So Joe, so Joe just works blue to blue, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And only on one side of the ice. He's sort of the pivot for exit. And then he'll slide in, you know, on the power play to maybe sort of that that At the point where wall. he doesn't have to, like, yeah, yeah, point to half wall so he doesn't have to, like, do a lot of moving around. Yeah. Yeah, and he's only going to do it during the first and third periods when he he's closest to the bench because he too. doesn't shoot. Yeah. He doesn't shoot, so there is no way he's getting you know home plate. Yeah. So it's really just a matter of of blocking him passing. So yeah. Yeah, as long as all the controller settings as he moves from the U.S. to Canada stay the same, yeah, he should be he should be fine. He's not going to accidentally hit the shoot button. Oh, he doesn't have a shoot button. That was still one of my favorite photoshops from my friend. The controller scheme layout where literally every button was pass, except yeah. for the direction button. Yeah. Uh, no deeks, no shots, no tricks, no vision control, no nothing. It's all just pass and move left or right and up and down. <sighs> okay. Are we ready to land this plane? Sure. Yeah, let's go for it. I didn't have anything else. I mean, the outdoor game thing, but it's just for a bunch of All- owners complaining about money. Why are they going to spend money on an outdoor rink in the middle of the second month? TV, TV ratings. You right. Can- because can- it was the same weekend when NBC was going to hold the Stadium Series game down here in Raleigh. And they think they're going to get more, quote unquote, more rate. Oh wait, they did they schedule the Blackhawks? Yes, no. they did. Yes, they did. Okay, yeah. No, they didn't. Actually. Oh no, that's right. Like, Sorry, it's it, it's, it's, it's Boston and Philly. Boston, Philly, Vegas, Colorado. That's right. Yeah. Right, right, right. But so I, I will Boston. say the one cool thing is uh, the Vegas, Colorado series. It's in the middle of like a quote unquote four-game series. I think oh, it's yeah. game three. So they play, hate. play a quick home-and-home and, home and then fly up to Utah. Where? Or, uh, Utah. Jeez. <laughs> Nevada, which <sighs> you could you could, on the lake, on the Nevada side of Lake Tahoe, which yeah. you could probably build three or Green four ranks. Yeah. You could probably build three or four outdoor rinks with the salty tears of all of the Sharks fans that are complaining because that Tahoe is closer to San Jose than it is to Las Vegas. Why didn't they get that game? Isn't it in their television region? I mean, just everything. It's like, guys, it's not always about proximity. Do they really want to be going over... Um, Donner Pass in the middle of winter <laughs> to go to a game. I am just asking. <laughs> somebody, somebody might start hunting Brent Burns, right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know the the 
the interstate from the Bay Area to Tahoe is Interstate 80, which goes over Donner Donner. Pass, which is right next to Tahoe. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Brent Burns is the the toothless bumble, right? Um, (laughs) And also, I mean... It's quicker for Vegas to get there than, say, from Glendale, Arizona. So Where the Sharks are going to play their home games. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. There's. I don't want to bag on the Sharks fans. I get their frustrations, but they're starting on a very slow and painful downward slide with this team, and it's just going to get worse. Because I just, the next time I hear someone, I can't understand how San Jose was that bad last year. And I'm like, really? Have you looked at the roster? <laughs> Have you been watching this team long? <laughs> Seriously, you, you, you realize that they're pretty old and a lot of the really good players are gone. <laughs> yeah. So what they need to do is just watch a bunch of Nashville Predators games and just focus solely on the forwards. Oh, dear God. <laughs> that is the epitome of the entire Sharks roster. You know, Nashville at least still has a very dependable defense for now. They might be hitting a cliff in the next 18 months, but we'll see. But yeah, Tahoe, it's the other Nevada border because geography is hard yeah, that's okay. No, it's not. Uh, it's easy. Well, it works <laughs> for me on this 400th day of March. Okay, okay. okay I can Cassie, understand. Cassie, yes. Yes. would you pl- would you please woman-splain to Pat about geography? Because he needs it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I-, I will not humiliate him on air. <laughs> okay. Which makes you infinitely better than the vast majority of men. Um <clears throat> So before we get ourselves any more political trouble, because I'm being snarky today, build your best team all time with players who wore the number greater than 67 and less than 99. Including 67 and 99 or excluding 67? And well, if, let's, let's do it this way. Greater than 66, less than 99. Okay. So 67 to 98. Congratulations, Brian Lawton. (laughs) (laughs) You make the cut. (laughs) And with that, toodles. This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.